Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Not Many Fathers, a special Father's Day message from Pastor Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to turn your attention today to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 14 and 15. And then Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 4, beginning with verse 14. If you have that, say amen. How many of you are thankful for the AVL department? Amen. <laughs> I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I've begotten you through the gospel. This was a letter to the church in Corinth written by the Apostle Paul, identifying himself as their father in the gospel. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 11. Leviticus 16 and verse 11. Don't hear people preach out of Leviticus very often, do you? And Aaron, this was the high priest, shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself. And for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. I'm going to preach to you on this thought today. Not many fathers. Not many fathers. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. Lord, we are so thankful for every person that has gathered into your house today. Lord, this is your house and you are our Father. And we give you glory and honor and praise today. For you have never failed us. Lord, you have never come up short on one promise in your word. Your mercy is new every morning. And your love reaches down, Lord, into every place in our life where we will grant it access. Lord, and I am asking, praying, and declaring, yea, today, Lord, that your love and mercy would reach down into this service and into every area of our life as your word is released and has free course to do its work in this service today. In the name of Jesus Christ, be glorified, be magnified in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord another great big hand clap of praise as you are seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Are you ready? 
I'm going to provoke you with the first word. <laughs> Feminism in America began more than 100 years ago. Some of its pioneers were inspired by noble causes such as a woman's right to vote. In its early years, feminism had some notable and noble objectives. But over time, it has been revealed that mixed in with some of its good, there was and is a dark agenda that is being played out before us right now. Everybody's nervous. It's all right. I love you. When the world wants to convince the church of a lie, it will always dress it up in something good and attractive. For the last four decades of my life, I have seen men be undermined, disregarded, and disrespected by society, especially our fathers. Shows like The Simpsons, Everybody Loves Raymond, The King of Queens, I'm showing my age, I know, and others portrayed our husbands and fathers like idiots like buffoons. Media routinely and intentionally and with great diligence work to make fathers unimportant and inconsequential members of our society. Am I rubbing you the wrong way yet? Why? Why has our world worked so hard to make you unimportant. Why has our world worked so hard to undermine the confidence of our families in the leadership of fatherhood? Why has our world worked so hard to convince society that masculinity is toxic? Because fathers are God's plan for spiritual leadership. Mm. That was a little weak. I'm going to give you a few more opportunities, though. Biological fathers and spiritual fathers alike have been commissioned by God to love their wives as Christ loves the church. To instruct their children in the ways and the word of God. To train up their children in service to the kingdom. To teach their families how to live holy, righteously, and honestly. How to lead in worship like David did. How to instruct those without fathers 
in the ways of God like the high priest Eli did for Samuel when Samuel was trying to learn the voice of God. Fathers, you have been commissioned to serve and lead with purity, integrity, and authority. You are God's plan for kingdom advancement. God has commissioned you. He has authorized you. And he has placed you on the front line of the kingdom of God. And I come against every dogma, every ideology, and every thought that would undermine our fathers and our men. Because God has chosen you. He has commissioned you. And he has directed you to lead the church forward. I have learned that anytime we give worldly culture an inch in the church, it will take way more than what it asks for. Man, I am convinced, and the evidence is clear, that many of us have been seduced into allowing a spirit of Jezebel to undermine our God-given spiritual authority and responsibility to lead. Jezebel was not afraid of a move of God. Jezebel was not afraid of a good sermon. Jezebel was not afraid of the church. So long as she had influence over the king. The only reason the spirit of Jezebel had any measure of success is because she had the heart of King Ahab in her hand. There are no room for Ahabs in the kingdom of God. We need men that will stand up and fulfill their God-given calling to be leaders in the church. There is a verse in the Old Testament, and I apologize to you that I cannot recall its location at the moment. But it talks about the door of the temple being broken and unguarded. Man, for too long, we have not guarded or kept the doors of our homes. It is time for a restoration of doorkeepers in every family in this church. We've got to be doorkeepers in our house. I've got to know what comes in and what goes out. I am responsible for the contents, the atmosphere, the attitudes, and the narratives of my home. I am responsible for what my family believes and what we live. I am responsible for the priorities of my family. I 
am responsible for the direction uh, of my family. Uh, God has commissioned you uh, to be a keeper at the door. For too long, dads allowed the influence of our world to come into our homes and mess with our families. Fathers surrender their biblical, God-given standards of holiness, righteousness, and purity. They traded family devotions and kingdom service for lazy boy chairs and big screen TVs. Many of them became lazy about leading their families and instructing them in the word and fellowship and prayer. Church attendance took a back seat to anything else that we thought was more important at the time. People have asked, how did our world get here? How did our society become so broken? Let me tell you something. We don't have a problem with Washington. We don't have a problem with politicians. Our society became the way it is today because our homes are broken and fathers surrendered their God-given commission to lead and be accountable and responsible for their families. So what is the aftermath of generations of fatherly surrender? We have broken homes, failed marriages, and lost kids more than we have ever had before. Friends, the church is in crisis. We need biological and spiritual fathers to rise to the challenge of this hour. We need men, real men, to rise up and lead more than we have ever needed you before. Man, I feel a boldness in the Holy Ghost on me today. When I was a very young man, I had a girlfriend who became pregnant and we were strongly encouraged to get married. Brother Burton, that marriage didn't last very long. And it wasn't long before I found myself a single father of a little girl. Now, when I was married briefly, I wasn't serving the Lord. I was living in the world I was doing everything that I was big and bad enough to do. But when the reality of my salvation and the gravity of my daughter's salvation settled in on me, I decided I'm going to take responsibility for my God-given role as her father, and I am going to lead her in the ways of God. And at that time, 
God led me to a book. You ever read a book that was exactly what you needed when you needed it? The Lord led me to this book. I was only about 19 years old. And I was working. I was a single dad at the time. My daughter was in daycare almost 12 hours a day. I'd drop her off at 6 in the morning, which was the earliest you could drop her off. I'd pick her up at 6 p.m. on the nose, which was the latest I could pick her up. And I would work, and I'd pick her up, and I'd come home. I'd wash her clothes. I bought a George Foreman grill so I could learn how to cook. And we'd eat about three different recipes on rotation. And I had to learn how to do laundry and hang up clothes. And then I'd play with her a little bit and I'd put her down to bed. And I'd be worn out. And I had to get up and do it again the next day. And I remember one time, Brother Derek, I started to complain to God. I said, God, I don't know if this is making a difference. I said, it just feels so monotonous. And the Lord said, would you call monotonous? I call faithfulness. He said, you are fighting for inches, but you are gaining miles in her future. And just a few weeks ago, my daughter graduated as a senior from Urshan Bible College with a bachelor's degree in human services. She's enrolled to get her master's to become a licensed Christian counselor. She's now engaged to be married in September to a young licensed minister, and she is serving God with her entire heart. Why? Because a dad said, not my daughter, not my family. And let me tell you something right now, Ben. When I was writing this message, God put you in my spirit. And he said, he is the anchor man for his children. And the Lord said, give him that book and let him know that every night when he's working third shift and every morning when he feels like he can't go another day. He's gaining miles when it feels like it's only inches. You are the anchor man for your family, Brother Ben. God's got his hand on you. God's going to preserve your children because you are a father. I had two little girls. I had Aubrey, and then I was remarried. And excuse me, I had Ashley, and then I was remarried, and we had Aubrey together. And at that point, I felt like I was pretty much a pro when it came to girls. I had it down. You just need money and a big heart. Hallelujah. I had the princess thing going. But then Hudson came along and threw a wrench in everything. And I didn't know what I was doing. I said, God, I need some help. Lord brought me to this book right here. How many of you have ever heard Dr. James Dobson? See, my dad wasn't around when I was a kid. My dad lives in Brazil. And we didn't get to see him very often. So I was raised by my mother who learned how to be a mother and a father. 
And I give honor to all the moms out there who have had to learn how to play both roles. And mom found me a father figure is the term they used to use in the church. A man by the name of Gary Prophet who's gone on to be with the Lord. And Gary Prophet would pick me up. He'd take me to the park and he showed me how to throw a baseball and showed me how to start a campfire and showed me how to do some guy things that mom wasn't equipped to show me how to do. So when Hudson came along, I, I felt like I didn't really know much about bringing up a boy. So I read this book called Bringing Up Boys by Dr. James Dobson. And it opened my eyes to things I needed to do and invest into Hudson. And Luke, if you're watching, I got this book for you today that I'm going to give to you because you're going to be an excellent father for Malachi. And Malachi is going to serve the Lord because you've been faithful and dedicated in the things of God. Hallelujah. Brother Derek, I got a book for you. It's called Point Man. It's written by the same book or by the same author that wrote Anchorman. God brought you to my mind. He told me to tell you that your daughters are going to be all right. That your future is in his hands. And the things that frustrate you right now, God has already started to orchestrate and rearrange some things. He that are getting ready to be revealed in your life. He's going to equip you. Brother Jim, you got an older daughter who loves the Lord. Sings on the praise team, serving God. And then you got two little girls. <laughs> I, got a, I got the same age gap going in my family. And you're just like, man, we got to do it all again. <laughs> and I noticed a couple months ago, life got real busy. You know what started happening, Brother Dwight? I, I started slacking off a little bit. Started sliding on some of my fatherly disciplines. I noticed I wasn't doing those morning devotions with my kids that I've been faithfully doing. Been rescheduling some evening prayer meetings. Ah. The only prayer meeting you have should not be at church. There ought to be prayer meetings going on in your house. Hallelujah. And the Lord started dealing with me and I said, God, I, I, feel, like a, I feel like I need a second wind. I started giving the 40-year-old speech to God. I said, God, I'm over the hill now. I need some more energy. And the Lord started dealing with me about finishing strong. You're a busy man, Brother Jim. But you got two little girls who are depending on you to finish strong. And you're going to do it. You're going to finish strong. And your girls are going to serve the Lord. Let me tell every father and every man in this room right now. I am behind you. I am for you. I am with you. 
I believe in you. No matter what the condition of your family is today, no matter what kind of damage and destruction has happened or what kind of pain is in your past or in your present, I'm telling you that God is for you. And if you will embrace God's commission to be a godly leader in the church and in your home, you will see things change in the landscape of your life. You will see your kids' hearts change, whether they're young or whether they're grown adults. If you will embrace what I'm preaching to you today, you will impact change in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Strong families make strong churches. And we need strong families at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Men, we need you. Brother Cox, we need you. You're a leader. You are here every single service. You are hungry for the things of God. And I'm sorry, I, I know I didn't ask your permission to call you out today, but I just feel a quickening in the Holy Ghost right now. And I'm telling you, God's got so much more for you. And if you'll continue to do what you're doing right now, God's got plans to enrich you, to expand your territory, to grow you as a man of God. But man, we need to be willing to look in the mirror and get real with ourselves. You will notice that the high priest, and dads, you are the high priest of your home. It was the responsibility of Aaron, the high priest, to lead and bring an offering for the atonement of the sins of the people. But before he could, he had to make an atonement for himself. He said, I'm bringing an offering so I can cleanse myself. You know where dysfunction comes from? It comes when I try to lead in the commission that God has given me, but I'm dirty on the inside. And I got issues in my mind and in my heart that I have not given to God. And I'm gonna tell you right now, with boldness, unapologetically, and with authority. What we need to happen here today is there needs to be godly sorrow that works under repentance in the hearts and minds of every man in this room. You need to stand before God and say, God, I'm here to make an atonement for myself. I haven't done everything right. I've made some mistakes along the way. I haven't prayed the way I should. I don't know your word 
it the way I should. I haven't loved my wife the way that I should. I didn't instruct my children the way that I should. But God, today, I want you to wash me. I want you to create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And prepare me, oh God, to be the high priest in my family so I can lead with love, authority, power, and demonstration in your kingdom. Man, we need you to repent and man up. Real men are armed with the word. And their weapon is not concealed. Real men carry swords. Real men pray up, fast up, and word up. Real men step up and kneel down. Real men repent and make adjustments along the way. Real men understand what the Lord was speaking to Aaron, the high priest. And dads, you are the high priest of your home. You've got to cleanse yourself so you can lead your family. You've got to cleanse yourself so you can lead the church. You've got to be man enough to repent. You've got to be man enough to forgive. You've got to be man enough to let go. You've got to be man enough to make some changes. And you've got to be man enough to pray. How many of you have heard the phrase, hurting people hurt people? While I believe that this is true, I also believe and have experienced for myself that the hurting can be healed. I remember growing up as a little boy. I was born in Brazil, and when I was five years old, my parents divorced. And my mom moved back to the United States where she was from with us four kids. And I remember waking up in a country with all you funny people. And I didn't understand anything you said. And you didn't understand anything I said. And dad wasn't there. I didn't see my dad for almost two years. And then after that, dad would come and visit every other year. It was so exorbitantly expensive to travel by air and to come. That's all he could do. He would come every other year and he would stay for a couple weeks in a hotel. And us, me and my siblings would go and we'd stay in the hotel with him for a couple weeks. And I remember when he would leave, we would literally cling at him in the airport. My mom would have to peel us off of that as he would try to walk down that jet bridge to get on the plane. We'd cry for days as we missed the presence of our father. Remember, as a little boy, I didn't understand. I was so angry, so angry at the brokenness in my life that I could not control and was not responsible for and could not in my childlike mind understand. 
And I'd get mad at dad. I couldn't understand why he wasn't there. First, I'd miss him. Then I'd get angry. Then I'd get resentful. Then I'd shut him out of my spirit. And I'd shut him out of my mind. And time would pass. And I'd go on about my daily my daily life as a kid, doing everything I could to forget that dad wasn't there. But then it would come time for dad to visit. And by the time he visited, I would almost feel hate in my heart for dad. But the moment I saw him on the jet bridge, all that resentment, all that anger, all that hate, would immediately fall to the ground and I would run to dad and I'll never forget the moment he would touch me, the moment he would hug me, the moment he would embrace me, all of that pain would immediately fall off and all of that resentment that I carried for years, for the last two years, would immediately just fall out of my heart onto the floor as he would embrace me and I would feel the love the unreplaceable, unmistakable, you cannot substitute it, love of a father. I want you to stand with me. There was no greater or more comforting feeling in the whole world than my father's touch. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15 read this way. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of adoption again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, I've got to receive His Spirit in my life. And when I receive His Spirit and He begins to lead me, I know I'm a son of God. I've received adoption. But this verse says you didn't receive adoption the spirit of bondage again to fear. It means God didn't tie you to himself so that you could be afraid of being hurt again, of being abandoned, of being let down. But you receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In this life, there are going to be men that let us down. There are going to be situations that disappoint us. But we have a heavenly father who gave his life and his blood so that he could adopt you into the family of God, into a love relationship with him in which you will never be disappointed, you will never be let down, and you will never be abandoned. Jesus knew and cautioned us in his word that the day would come 
when we would have an epidemic of the fatherless, the orphans, the broken homes, and broken marriages. He alerted us that there would be a time when the emotional pain of broken families and simple homes would take a toll on society. But what I have found to be true, and I can give a firsthand testimony about this morning, is whether you've been hurt or whether you're the one that has done the hurting, one touch of the Father can bring healing to your life today. Brother Hammond, would you come? And I believe that Jesus is in this room right now. And he wants to touch every single life in this place today. Because there's not one person in this room that has not been affected or impacted by this word that has gone forth today. In some place in your life, there's been a disappointment. There's been a pain. There's been a hurt. There's been a letdown. There's been a rejection an abandonment, a disappointment, a safety violation. But Jesus is extending his hand to you today to minister healing in your life this morning. You know, Brother Dwight, there came a time where I grew older. And the older I got, when my dad came to visit, don't miss what I'm saying right now. Because I'm about to hit some of you right now, right where you are. The older I got, the less easy it was for me to lay down the resentment. And the easier it became to hold on to that pain. And I noticed as I became a later teen, when my dad would show up, I wouldn't come running anymore, TJ. And when I was in my 20s, sometimes I wouldn't even go to the airport. By the time I got into my 30s, sometimes I wouldn't even see him when he was in the United States. For you to receive healing today you have to become as a little child <laughs> and you have to be willing to be vulnerable like you were when you were a kid how many of you have ever been amazed at how quickly your kids are willing to forgive you when they're young they'll run to you it's their desire for that relationship to be restored God will touch you and he will heal you. But you've got to become as a little child and say, God, I want that healing. I want that touch. I want that restoration in my life today. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. Thank you.